Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the King and AI podcast. My name's Kelly Cates and you'll be listening to my dad, uh, Kenny Dalglish, on this podcast and getting his thoughts on football issues about Liverpool, but also about other things as well. And the reason the podcast has come about is because of our family's charity, the Marina Dalglish Appeal, which was set up to raise money to help cancer patients and their families. So if you'd like to support that, that would be fantastic. As much as it's about raising awareness, it is also about the financial support, if possible. If you want to donate, you can go to anfieldindex.com slash MDA, or you can go to the Marina Dalglish Appeal website to find out a little bit more about the charity and the work that they do. It's worth having a read about. It's a really great charity and it's something that's very close to all our hearts. Enjoy the show. Hello, I'm Eddie Gibbs and welcome to the latest episode of the King and AI podcast here on Anfield Index Pro. As regular listeners will be all too aware, you can now hear Sir Kenny semi-regularly on the Ken7 podcast channel alongside Gav Jones and Son Paul which is, of course, a production you can also hear simulcast on Anfield Index. But with Liverpool on the cusp of another League Cup final appearance, it seemed the ideal opportunity to dust off our microphones and bring you a King and AI League Cup special. So as ever, it's my distinct pleasure to welcome back to your ears the one and only Sir Kenny Dalgleish. Welcome, Kenny. Thank you, Edward. And you should dust off your beard there. Never oh, mind the, the cobweb. <laughs> Good job this is an audio-only podcast. I've got a face for radio. Correct. <laughs> and there's you sitting in your smart suit and everything and showed up as if you thought it was going to be your video. Eh? I, won't tell, I won't tell people what you're really wearing. <laughs> 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 and uh, we've got, I've been told for this podcast, because it's a League Cup special, I'm at 45. I'm too young to actually be the host of the show. So we brought in a guest host. So uh, this is probably one of the last actions I'm going to have, which is to introduce him. So your guest host tonight, it's not a new voice to Anfield Index, but he is a new voice to this particular podcast. And it's one that will be distinctly familiar to most. It's the host of our Scouser Tommy's podcast. Big welcome to Mr. Jim Boardman. Thanks, Eddie. And thanks for um, rubbing that in about age. I'm just hoping that we can remember things at our age about what happened all that time ago now. <laughs> well, I think when I asked Kenny to do this one last week, he says, oh, there's no chance of that. I forgot everything. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be putting that to the test in a moment. <laughs> yes, Definitely. Now, before we begin, as always, uh, we need to remind everyone that what Kelly Kate said at the top of the show there is that this show is done to uh, raise awareness and funds, hopefully, for the Marina Dalglish Appeal. It's something that we've been doing in the, in the three or four years that this podcast has been running, and uh, we thank everyone for those donations. But it's still as important as ever in this time of uh, pandemics and strain on the National Health Service to try and do your bit if you can for the Marina Dalglish Appeal. And if you can... Uh, Pledge anything you can, no matter how big or small. They do have a regular option if you want to make a monthly donation. It's anfieldindex.com 
forward slash NDA. And we really appreciate, as ever, anything anyone can do to help raise funds for this marvelous cause. It's uh, something I would think, Kenny, that uh, Marina will be getting right back into now that the, the, the boundaries and the rules are all starting to lap. She'll be really focused on what she can do with this charity in the coming year. Well, we have a big place where the, the patients can go and sit around and chew the fat around the table, have a sandwich and a cup of tea. I think it's tea anyway. It <laughs> uh, lacks. So that's been reopened uh, within the last month or so, and the women are loving it. So uh, and we had uh, we had a fundraiser, the ball, a uh, week past on Saturday there. So going to the game on the Sunday was about hard work. 12 o'clock kickoff. Oh. <laughs> I think we should just have turned up with our uh, evening suits on. Any <laughs> of the club suits. I mean, by the way, it was a bit hard. And everybody made it, by the way, that was at the ball. Wow. Wow, that's good going. Apart and from the, the ladies, obviously. And did you go direct <laughs> did you go direct from the ball to the ground? Yeah. <laughs> I had to sleep first. Oh <laughs> right, okay. Oh, that's what I was trying to get at. Did ah. everyone just, just just forget about the sleep and just go straight from the ball to the ground? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hand let Let's hand you over to Jim Boardman then, and we'll uh, we'll take a, a deep dive on all things Kenny Dalglish and all things League Cup. Uh, my first memory of the League Cup was uh, the 1986 season, Kenny, which didn't quite come off. And you, when we spoke about that last week, you remember that another regular on this channel, uh, Jan Mulby, he can have the blame for that one. So we'll see if we can uh, we'll see if we can get that. And uh, I'm, I'm yeah. twisting the I'm twisting the words there. Jan missed the penalty, which was obviously very rare. Yes. Well, you, it was you that it was you that apportioned blame to Jan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Eddie's still sort of been holding that grudge all these years. But may, maybe he'll let it go because of all the other stuff Jan did for us. But of course, the reason we've got the King on to talk about the League Cup, I think, is because he's probably the person he's been involved most of all in, in it for us as a club. The first final we had didn't go so well, which was just in, this, in, in Kenny's first season. And it's, it's mad to think with all the trophies that Liverpool had won that it wasn't until then that we ever had our first ever League Cup final. Of course, things went better after that. And it's fair to say that Kenny's actually been involved in more, more of our wins than he hasn't, more of our uh, final wins than he hadn't. But that first season, Kenny, you might remember that sort of ended ended well in lots of other ways. But as far as the League Cup was concerned, it was... Um, a team, I think, that was going to start being a bit of a bogey team for us, Nottingham Forest, that did for us in the 78 final? I don't think they were uh, a bogey team. I think they were a really good team. Yeah. Uh, and that was they went on to win the league title that year as well. We finished second that year to them. But uh, Cloughy did a, f a fantastic job there. I mean, it's magnificent when you think what, what he had at his disposal and, I mean, financially. Uh, and how well he did and how well he organised them and they had a set way of playing and we found it a little bit difficult to to break them down and then when they won the league at the end of that year we won the European Cup coincidentally we played each other in the first round because there was only one team from each country allowed yes yeah, so they so... had a bit of a problem and we, obviously they beat us in that as well yeah, and it, it, I mean they were. I mean they were, they were the sort. They were definitely the team to beat, and it seems strange to talk about them as a team like that now because they're definitely not in that same sort of level. 
in this day and age they're not they didn't they didn't have the staying power and i think that's something about liverpool or although liverpool have had a couple of barren years in in recent times that it feels like right now we're back back to where we used to be but where we used to be was winning trophies and so that 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 final um there were so many games on would you say that in those days that the league cup was maybe not as important as the other as the other trophies the way sometimes it is nowadays or would you say that you know, in the dressing room, it was considered as big a game as any other. Um, I think it was always important because I think it's important in my mind anyway. Uh, the people that come along support Liverpool now invariably were taken to Anfield with their dad, and their dad got them into the ground, got them in and around uh, the place. They got a feel good factor about it. They got trips to Wembley. The dad was telling them about their trips to Wembley, or maybe their granddad. Then they were growing up, and I thought it was brilliant that they themselves have a have a story to tell for their kids. Yeah. Unfortunately, at the moment, because of the way the season tickets are going and the demand for them, it's not a great time for parents to be able to take their sons to matches too easily. So we have to get something that's happening. Uh, that was bringing an interest in. And I thought trips to Wembley was as good a way of any of doing that. And every time we got to Wembley, we tried our best. Or as it started to become known through the 80s, Anfield, uh, Anfield South. Yeah, and it's kept that name now, hasn't it? I think I think we, a lot, of, certainly fans of my generation, think of it as Anfield South, even though it does look a lot of, a different place to where it used to be. There is still that kind of that special it, feeling about going to Wembley. The important thing is they had they've got a story to tell them. The kids are so yeah. to tell and tell their children and yeah. what and want them to be excited and go along and watch it. I mean, it's great for you and it's a it's a real honour to have played for any like Liverpool and going and won trophies at Wembley. But by the way, I think the best part of uh, being Part of a football club is the support. The fun and enjoyment they must get from going along and winning it. Yeah. I think it's better than what the players can can get themselves involved in. Yeah. I think you can but, tell that by some these days you sometimes get ex players um trying to sneak in with the fans of the club. You know, I mean Gerard and Carragher both managed to get on the cop a couple of times and Henderson went back home to Sunderland, didn't he? And and sat with the Sunderland fans. So, you know, it's it's strange to think how they sort of dying to do that and swap swap places with the fans for a day, but you know every one of those fans would love to do it the other way around and swap places with them. Back, of course, in in seventy eight, we we had to play Forest over two legs effectively because we had a final and then a replay, which is such a strange thing to think about these days because it's a long time since you've had Wembley games go to you know finish and then go to a replay. But that was uh, that was nil nil. I mean, how did you manage not to score in that game? <laughs> I don't know if I had a shot <laughs> but the, it was no no went back to Old Trafford and uh, refereeing his wisdom I judged that they got a penalty kick and I've never I think it's one of the few penalty kicks I've ever seen given for an infringement outside the box <laughs> but anyway they scored it Terry Mack then what we thought was an equaliser and they get chalked off for a handball so, I remember, yeah. So, uh, as I say, on uh, on the night, it's what happens. And if, if they're better than you, score more than you, you're going to lose. And it was quite the, the two games. Although you say it might be the weaker of the three tournaments that we were playing in, the league, the FA Cup, 
uh, in front of it. It still doesn't matter. If you're playing, you still want to win. Yeah. You know, it's only, it's hard to get the number of players uh, in the squad if you're going for all three trophies. Uh, we've done this, you've gone for four. And, and it's brilliant that, that they've done it. But as I say, it is, a, it is a big strain on your squad. And unless you've got quality players, then fine. I'm sure in our days that, that there was changes made for the, the FA Cup and also for the League Cup for matches. But that didn't need, that didn't need water down the fact that he, he didn't want to lose. No. You go out to win. I, 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 don't think, I don't know of any minds that's ever put a team out to lose. No, and I think that's true. I think and that's something that gets kind of overstated, isn't it? That the manager looks in front of him, he thinks of the games he's got ahead, but he doesn't put, as you say, he'll put a team out he thinks he thinks can win and should win. And I mean, it's the it's the way that so many players become, um, you get given a chance, if you like. I think I always think of the League Cup as if it wasn't for the League Cup, maybe Robbie Fowler wouldn't quite have made his breakthrough that he did because there was, you know, he was he was given a chance in the League Cup and well and truly showed his worth. And that must have happened with countless other players down the years that maybe wouldn't have had that chance without without this tournament. Um, of course, back in back in seventy eight, there was only one sub as well, which was David Fairclough, unsurprisingly. But you know, there was uh, there, when you're talking about sort of getting the squad to spread out, there was no time to sort of you know place one for sixty and bring someone on and bring another one on and another one on. You know, you, you, it was a case of um, tactical or injury changes, you know, and more often than not, it was injury changes that you'd need. Do you, um, do you, do you sort of remember some of the opposition players that in, in that tie were quite sort of um, well-known older players, the likes of Peter Wyth and Viv Anderson, you know, players we've all heard of that, that came through, Larry Lloyd, a familiar name to Liverpool fans, yeah. but in goal, of course, was Chris Woods, a youngster. Okay. And he'd only come in because he was cup because um, Shilton was oh, cup tied, but he made yeah. his name, didn't he? Really, yeah. Against Liverpool. He made his debut in the cup final. Yeah. Um, but as I say, it's they they had the strong team. Viv Anderson right back. Uh, they had uh, Kenny Burns centre back. Larry Lloyd. Needham came in to play for them. They had uh, John McGovern midfield with Boyer. Mm. John Robertson wide left, Martin O'Neill wide right. Then they bought Trevor Francis. Of course. Woodcock and Battles up front. It was it wasn't a bad side. No, it wasn't. And I think I think that's the thing to remember is that, you know, we, people kind of talk about days gone by as if Liverpool dominated everything, but Liverpool only dominated games because of when they played well and because they did the homework and because the players put everything in. You know, and because of all the determination and all the preparation, and I think that that paid off for Liverpool. Though I think, you know, let's let's get get that bad memory out of the way and move forward a little bit to 1981. And although we'd sort of been beaten by Forest in '80 as well, it, finally in 1981 we got to the final, and it was um, it was the one where we won. But again, it went to a replay, and that was a game against West Ham. So it started off with one one at Wembley. And then, of course, it went to a replay. It was after extra time as well at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. And of course, um, we had penalty kick. Yeah, and it's amazing because it's like 118 minutes, Liverpool went in front through Alan Kennedy. And then Ray Stewart, as you say, equalised two minutes later. So, you know, almost two hours of football and it all happens at the end. Well, that's where it, that's where it was condensed into. But... Uh, 
also was a starter, Russia. Russia was just starting to play in the first team at that time as well. He played yes. in both games. Uh, and strangely enough, he never scored. He made up for it in the rest of the games afterwards, mind you, but he never scored. Uh, but he was, especially the replay, he was brilliant in the game. Uh, unlo- unlucky not he scored. But as for us, it was, as I say, another trek down to Villa Park to play. We went one behind. Goddard scored for them first. Yeah. Uh, they were one up. And then uh, we scored two goals. The two, the two jokes scored a couple of goals. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yes. two, uh, two Scottish guys. There's this guy, Alan Hanson, and some then you could see scored the second, and some uh, someone called Kerry Dalgleish. Twenty-five yes. minutes in, it was right. But we're we're no we're proud to be Scottish, but we also don't mind sharing. So we shared yes. really well with everybody. It was. I mean, that they, there was this, the spine of this Liverpool team. It was was of course was you two, and. Do you remember much about the goals? Do you remember much about how they came how they came about? Uh, Terry Mack um, chipped one over, sort of just on the left hand post as a goalkeeper, but the goalkeeper's post and uh, came over and I took it in the volley and turned it in. Big Al took a header for a corner. I think it was the first time I ever got a header at an attacking corner. <laughs> it took a corner and it, it went in, and that was us two one up after being a goal down. And that was, I mean, was, that, was brilliant that night. And that was that was all within half an hour. But I think Rushy, as you say, he's he's starting to make a name for himself at this point. And again, I mean, it's, it's a big stage, isn't it? Even though it, it had moved to Villa Park for the replay, it's still a big stage. And I think it's a massive game. the The attendance was thirty six thousand, which I'm not sure is a bad a bad attendance at all for a game in the midweek. You know, at that time when so soon after the final as well, because there wouldn't have been any any time between the two games really. No. Probably Saturday, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm sure it was. I'll, I'll double check in a sec. John Lyle Please was the when, you, when you look back at the attendances, even at Anfield, very seldom it was full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very seldom. Especially but on the probably, midweeks. And nowadays, you, nowadays, Jesus, you couldn't climb in, could you? No. You couldn't no. stay on the wall to get into a game. It's, it's they could add more and more tears, couldn't they, to Anfield, and we'd still, feels like we'd still fill them. You know, everything. Oh, we don't want tears. We don't want to see anybody crying. <laughs> well, she, anyway, if you've ever been at the top of the stand, you can't really. The pitch is so far away, but it's, you get a great view. You get to see how the players are lining up, which was kind of how Wembley was, though, as well, wasn't it? Wembley was this massive place, and it was that big day out, and everyone, everyone crammed together to to enjoy a game of footy. Um, looking at looking at the lineup against us that day: Phil Parks, Jimmy Neighbour, Ray Stewart, Paul Goddard, Frank Lampard. Not. Um, David Cross, Billy Bonds, Trevor Brookin, Alvin Martin, Jeff Pike, Alan Devonshire. That's that's the lineup I've got here. But the Liverpool side was, um, of course, Mr. Reliable in goal, Ray Clements, Neil and Kennedy as the full backs, Thompson, Boxing. Phil, and uh, and Anthony. Jockey, of course, as the as the centre backs. Graham Soon is Mark, Ray Kennedy, Rushy, myself, and we need somebody wide right. We Sammy. Family, yeah, and I think this is, these are the plays that that as a, myself as a fan at that time watching these plays come through, and you kind of look at the the lineups as they as they go along. There's there's some familiar names, but there was always a sort of constant improvement, wasn't there? You know, Bob of course was the manager, and he'd be constantly just looking at how to improve, and, and maybe other players would move on and bring plays in and give players the chances, like Ian Rush. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, they always uh, they always tried at the end of the season if they had some money to bring in someone who they thought might be an opportunity for him there. That might be a chance for them to get somebody a little bit cheaper than what maybe the established players would be and hope that by the time they worked on them in a year or two, they'd be top notch. Well, certainly, Russia never, Russia never let them down on that case. Um, they've not got everyone right, but by the way, I think he more than made up for the mistakes that anybody else made. Definitely, definitely. And we got him, we got him for a song as well, didn't we? Just from down the road. And just, um, just going through now, looking looking through how that game as well. I mean, the average age of the Liverpool starting line it was 27, which nowadays people say everyone's sort of getting towards the end of the careers at 27, but I'd say everyone's getting into the peak at that time. And that, that kind of proved it with the um, the lineup we, we had. But 1981, that was actually Liverpool's first win. And after going so long, it was like all of a sudden, you know, it's like buses. I mean, they're a bit more expensive than buses, I suppose. But, you know... We we won the cup and we won the cup and we won the cup and we won the cup. We just kept winning the league cup. You mm-hmm. were involved in all of them. So, eight, you know, nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty one was the first one. Eighty one, eighty two is Tottenham. First one was West Ham. Yep. And then Tottenham. And then and United. That, and then Everton. Which was that? They kind of made it a little bit sweeter as it went along, didn't it? The teams that you're playing against and uh, and beating. By the way, it's very sweet to beat anybody that's put in front of you. <laughs> the good thing about the um, the eighty two final, the eighty one eighty two final, is that it was actually played at Wembley again, and this time was won at Wembley again. Though it took extra time, three one. Yeah, uh, Lineker scored first. Went ran between Lawson and Hansen, Bruce Ante, but came back to him, and I think Lineker. Oh, Archibald. Archibald, yeah. Archibald yeah. tapped it in. Uh, and then uh, we got a goal equaliser a couple of minutes before the end. Yeah, Ronnie Whelan, 87 minutes. Yeah, and then Ronnie Whelan again, an extra time. Yeah, and, then and of Rush course, it. rounding it off, he well scores all the goals by then. Yeah, Mr. Rush. Um, and Oops. I mean, the road to the road to that final actually. Um, I mean, man, the Man United were knocked out early on by Tottenham. In that, in that, but from from Liverpool's point of view, it, it was games against Exeter, Middlesbrough, Arsenal, Barnsley, and and Ipswich, and of course Ipswich were recent league champions at that time. So these weren't, you know, none of these games were easy as such, were they? And I think Arsenal was extra time as well. Yes, it was. Um, there was a replay um, away. First game was away. Replay at home, three nil, extra time. Um, Johnston, ninety five, McDermott, hundred and one, and then who scored the? The third one in the hundred eighth minute. By the way, I looked that up today and I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Yeah, but, yeah. But that it, was uh, that year. Rusty scored. Rusty scored about six during the competition. Yeah, he scored two. He scored two in the um, first leg that we played. You know, the second round first leg when Liverpool first came into yeah. the competition. He scored two more in the second leg of that against Exeter. So they won't won't like him. But you yeah. got a couple against him as well. One in each leg. Oh, would I'm you say allowed. that I shouldn't have been allowed that? <laughs> would you say that your game improved a lot as well when Rushy came along? Would you say sort of having someone like that alongside you makes the good work you're doing actually pay off more often? Oh, I think 
I was fortunate the the people that I played with there they helped to make me look better. <laughs> it wasn't the other way around. Um, obviously, when I went, Tosh was there. He was up front. Then it was just they brought in David Johnson as well. David Fairclough would come on and do a turn up front, and he he was fantastic. And coming on the sub, getting goals, and then he got starting. Uh, and he didn't do so badly either. Dave started in the he started in the. European Cup against Bruges as well, David Fairclough. Yes. So yep. he was still there or thereabouts and always made a contribution. So, no, you're in a team and the great thing for for myself was it is a team that wins. It's not an individual. No. For some some stages and in, in some matches, it's an individual that does something that creates a win. But then that's not to say that it's going to happen all the time with the same guy. And an individual is just as liable to make a mistake. And if you make a mistake as an individual in an individual sport, you're gone. You're funny, you don't get many prizes because we could get away with that in football. So for me, it suited me fine. Yeah, that's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, I suppose goalkeepers suffer more than most from right. individual mistakes and getting some stick for it. But, you know, that's your job, isn't it, to make those goalkeepers suffer? <laughs> And, um, no, no, their own, just the opposition. Yes, that's of course. Yeah, or oh, you try not to. I mean, the the thing is, though, I think the Liverpool side at the time though, it was almost telepathic. You know, the way that the way that you all knew where each other was going to go and how you, the runs you were going to make and, and the balls that would work. And you know, um, and obviously you've got to look up and see what's around you. But I think it was more for confirmation than anything. A lot of the time that you'd kind of you'd be, you'd become telepathic. And is is that a sort of testament to how much work was done on the training pitch and and and. Oh. I think you know, it, to just to drill things into everyone and to work together that way. No, it's just intelligence. Yeah. If there's no an opposition player there running into space, yeah. If you're playing with somebody that's half decent, he'll pass it to you. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't. We never. We weren't overly astute tactically. We mm. just had a, a keen eye, and you had to play it as it comes in the day. And fortunately for us, there was a lot of players that, that could do that. So suppose, if yeah. you made a run, if you made a run, you wouldn't be surprised if the ball came to your feet. Yeah. And I suppose you wouldn't be surprised afterwards if um if or the player wouldn't be surprised afterwards if they didn't make the right pass. That no, Ronnie Moran would be having a word in the rear. Well, that was during the game as well. It wasn't just the end of the game. <laughs> but the, the thing is, if you don't run, there's no choice, is it? There's not, you've got to work, haven't you? I mean, that's, no, the, that's the main no thing. You, you, you've got to work. Give the guy in possession a choice. Yeah. Let him have a selection. And uh, the good, if somebody's have this, they'll pick out the right one more often than they'll pick out the wrong one. But they're not going to pick out every single one that they should. But then, if you've got a high average, we're going to get a high return. And that's probably why they get the trophies. And the same now. Yes, movement, yeah, of course. The movement, development of the players is fantastic. And if you put this Diaz just come in and he looks as if he's been there for ages. He does, yeah. His movement's brilliant. So it's great that, that they can see that. And when they say that he doesn't speak English as well, I mean, I know a lot of the players don't just speak English, but, you know, he's, he's communicating with, the, with his football, isn't he? Yeah, you don't need to speak English. You don't, yeah. if I've got the ball, you don't need to tell me where you're running, just run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, they, they, there's, there's plenty of times when you do see players holding the handle to say, why haven't you seen me? I'm over here on the wing in loads of space. But uh, yeah, I think... I think I think that's the thing, though. That's the key. I mean, with Liverpool, it generally did look telepathic. But as you say, it's it's just about knowing how to play the game, isn't it? I mean, yeah. p- p- the the lineup we had in that Wembley final against Spurs, the likes of people we've already mentioned, like Neil and Kennedy, but Matt Lawrenson was involved by now. Yeah, Tony Whelan, of course, was involved because because we've mentioned him, and uh, we had Terry, we had Terry McDermott, Graham Souness, Sammy Lee again. You know, there was. Still, a game sort of although it's much the same team. We had a different goalkeeper by now, of course. Bruce Grobler come along. Yeah, um, I mean that was always one that I think at the time there well, were the, sort of the question marks that, about him. The but, goalkeeper that we sold was the one against us. Of course, yes, yeah. Someone that you'd um, you'd made a fool of as a Scotland player one time as well, hadn't you? Oh, I mean, no, that's not a nice way to put no, it. But. That's that's, <laughs> no, that's no respectful. He made no, a fool. Of, he made a fool of himself. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I mean that was such a rare thing, wasn't it? It was going to be against someone like you. Oh, he, was, he was, you know, he was so steady for Liverpool. It was a, he was a good person in and around the off the pitch as well, in and around the dressing room. And for us, yeah. it was just, it was a, obviously great sympathy for anybody that passes away. But he's been he'd been out for such a long time, and he's such a great servant to Liverpool, and obviously Tottenham when he went there as well. England, yeah. um, and I don't have much sympathy for an English goalkeeper if he lets one in against <laughs> Scotland. And, but you, you would have a wee bit of sympathy for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the biggest sympathy for him, I think, was that I don't know. I always thought he was better than Peter Shilton. He should have been getting more of the England games, and I'm not biased, obviously. That's all. Well, he might have thought that that day at Hamden or at Wembley. <laughs> Yeah. Three years in a row. Yeah. And that was, of course, that was well. I mean, that was another different thing that, that maybe sort of younger fans won't realise is that all the all the sort of home internationals played each other all the time. It was every 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 season there'd be England Scotland games, in England right. Wales games and so on. All right. We uh they crammed it into a week at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh before they used to do it during the season. Okay, it's my thing. Yeah, they do. It's a shame they don't get to witness the Scotland-England games as often. I mean, I know they've clashed a couple of times in recent years in uh, the Europe, Europa Cup or whatever they call it. Um, they've clashed yeah. a few times in that, but it's no... It's, by the way, when you get them every year, it's no, it's, it's no an important competition, but dear me, it's not half an important game for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much pride at stake, isn't there? When it yeah. when it gets to when it gets to that kind of game, and again, that's like like we said about the League Cup. I mean, the the fans were travelling down in the hordes. And I think eighty one, eighty two, it's starting to be called the Milk Cup, wasn't it? Because it's the cup that keeps changing yeah. its name. And um, I'm pretty sure that was this. Maybe it was that season or the season after we ended up lifting two trophies because they gave us the Milk Cup and they gave the us League the actual Cup. League Cup itself. Yeah. Eighty two, eighty three was the one. Um, I remember really well. I think almost almost as re- recent enough for Eddie to remember this one, and that was the game. Another one that went was played and finished at Wembley, and another one that went to extra time. Ninety nine thousand people saw Liverpool beat Man United two one after extra time, and um, Mister Whelan was the one with the winner again. They came from they came from behind again. Norman yeah. Whiteside scored a really good goal, turned edge of the box and sl- slotted it past Bruce. 
Um, and as you see, Danny Kennedy popped up with a 30 yarder yeah. across uh, um, Gary, what was his name? Gary, Gary Bailey. Bailey across, yep. smashed one across the face of him into the net. The, the boy's got a good record in cup finals. He loves the goal, doesn't he? He loves the scoring finals. Barney Rubble. Well, it's a bigger <laughs> target to hit than one of your own players, isn't it? <laughs> he definitely knows where the goal is in the final. And again, I mean that that again that that team is still very sort of similar to the ones we've mentioned before. But one one new face that had come in is uh, Craig Johnston, who I think was um you know a, definitely a hard working player for Liverpool, and maybe maybe his career ended a bit early for for obvious you know for family reasons. He didn't play on as long as he maybe could have done. But that he, he was another good find, but all the way from Australia. Well, he came from Middlesbrough. That's that's far away as well, isn't it? Uh, Australia's closer, but he <laughs> came there. He came in, and that must have been just that. Might have been his first season, was it? I think it would have been, yeah, for right. the time. Yeah, and that he actually got better the longer he was there. Yeah, yeah his confidence went up and up, didn't it? Eighty-five, eighty-six. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. I think his confidence went up each year. He was a. He was one of those players that you, you saw when you when you're waiting for the lineup before a game. You're not one of the players that you want to see is missing, you know. And were, but then again, there were so many in that team uh, that we felt that way about. And of course, this um, this this game was like, as I say, not quite a hundred thousand people went down, um, and they would have all come from the northwest, and it went on quite well. I mean, I don't remember there being any any particular trouble. <laughs> On on the terraces, I think most fans just uh, to watch the game and just to just to shout at each other without actually, you know, there's, oh. there wasn't a, there's no nastiness from from my own memories of that game. But Norman Whiteside was um, was obviously one of their stars. But at the time, of course, I don't know what 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 your own memories of it were. But around that time, Manchester United fans were going around telling everyone how great a team they were. But for someone like me, I didn't remember them being great as such because they'd not really won much in my lifetime. It had all happened sort of when I was younger, before I was born, or when I was really young. And of course, at this time, they were still making out they were this great team. But you know, it was it was up to someone like Liverpool to come along and say, "Well, you're not quite as great as us right now." And this was an no. example of that. Well, they weren't a bad team. No, they weren't a bad team, and it it doesn't matter. It'd be the same for I'm sure Liverpool's spells as well when people are saying they're a great team, but they're not winning anything. <laughs> yeah. And you've you've got a great team wins things, and certainly uh, for us, we had we had uh, through Bob then passed on to Joe. It was the success in the eighties was unbelievable for yeah. us. So yeah. we were, as I say, at that time we were probably a lot better than them. But it gives them an opportunity on the pitch to prove you wrong. And, and it, only place can do it. And he's having that hunger, isn't it, to turn that you know, that game that game was one nil, fifteen minutes to go, and yet again up we come with a goal and then have the hunger to go on and, and win. And would you say that I mean I've I've heard this said, I mean even heard it said about Manchester United when they were winning things, that once you've won a trophy, the hunger to win the next one gets greater and greater. Once once you know what it feels like to win a trophy, you there's even more determination to try and win the next one. Yeah. Well, the most important one's the next one. You've got your reward for the one you've just won. You've got your medals, you've got your celebrations, you've had a great night out. And 
you feel rewarded and if you're fortunate you get a two day city as well if they can fit it in. <laughs> uh, so the next one if you've, if you've enjoyed it go back and do it again because the next one will be even better when you, when you mention celebrations, are there any, any particular celebration stories that um, that maybe now can be told but maybe couldn't have been told at the time? Or, or were they, was everybody really well behaved? No, I think they were maybe too much liberation they can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Paisley said uh, he never had a drink after Rome. He just wanted to yeah. get drunk in the atmosphere. Yeah, I remember that quote. Yeah, he, he didn't want to forget what what had happened, did he? He wanted to always remember it. Didn't want to, didn't want to forget. I mean, he's, he, he'd been there before, hadn't he? Though in the tank. So. Ah, he was in a tank, but. <laughs> no, so we, everybody celebrated in their own way. Yeah, I think this as well. Though I mean, this by now Liverpool were winning. You know, we're, we're making this this cut their own, and that was probably, as you say, this by now it really was Anfield South a trip to Wembley. Of course, there were all those other competitions to play in, and 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 we Liverpool were still doing that. Liverpool were still doing that, but three three times in a row now was there was there sort of it, I think as well that Bob Paisley's one trophy he missed out on, of course, was the FA Cup. And do you think he would have swapped one of those League Cups for a for an FA Cup, or do you not think he was someone who was just collecting trophies? You know, if you won six trophies, six League Championships in nine years, yeah. I don't think you've done too badly, have you? I don't think so at all. No, no. I don't think you've done too badly. Uh, and as I said, for for well, for all Bob not to win the FA Cup would just have been an absolute dream to come true for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was actually that was his last League Cup as well, wasn't it? That was Bob's last League Cup. He, he won, he won three in a row, and then. But that was brilliant that day because. Is that not the day Graham let me let him go first to go up to get the trophy? I think it would have been, yeah. Yeah. Graham came up with an idea just spontaneously. He said, Tim, on you go. Well, he didn't know where to go. He'd one scarf down the front of him, another <laughs> bit of scarf down the back. Yeah. He was he was um But it, that was that was a brilliant gesture, great intelligence for Graham. To, to think, sure. think about it at that time. Showed how much, how well thought of he was, though. I mean, he was, he was, he was a wonderful man. I mean, he, he was so modest, wasn't he? So quiet. I mean, whether was he as quiet and as modest behind the scenes as he was? You know, he, he wasn't someone that went in front of the cameras that often. And when he did, you know, he was never, never one to boast or anything like that. He was always very, very well, modest. He, he never you know. boasted, but everything he said was pretty succinct. And things that he would notice, and things, that, decisions he would make. And there wasn't any great explanations, or afterwards there wasn't a great. Oh, I thought we would change the tactics at half time because we were getting beaten and end up winning. That's <laughs> he's a favour. By the yeah. way, he, he wasn't looking for plaudits. He was yeah. fulfilling his obligations with doing some interviews, but really was wanting to get off and get back home and then study for him for the racing coming up for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, I mean, they they studied, they did study though the opposition, didn't they? As the boot room, it was just an amazing machine that you know before computers were a thing, it was like a computer in a way, wasn't it? The way they all worked together, the way they all gathered information and, and mulled it over, and you know, and just knew what sort of opposition they were up against. Yet, despite all that, it always seemed to be that Liverpool's approach was same same side as 
next week. We play our way. You know, let them worry about us. Is, is that would you say that well, was the same feeling inside the dressing room? That was a shine sport, isn't it? It's the same same team this week as it was last year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he carried on. He carried on with Bob, and then of course Bob. Bob when Bob's when Bob stepped aside or, or moved upstairs, however you want to call it, of course, another man from the boot room, a bit further back in the boot room, stepped All forward, right. Joe Fagan. What um, a bad first year! What a bad first year in management Joe had. Amazing. I mean, a treble. Yeah, oh, you know, three trophies in one year. And he, I mean, that that was some some prize. And I've I've heard people try and do that do that down because it was the League Cup instead of the FA Cup, which is nonsense. It's anyway, it's three difficult trophies to win, two cups and a league. You know, some people will even count Charity Shield in. <laughs> that was a barometer for us to think that we've done well the season before. And yeah. that was the gate. That was what they wanted. Always wanted to be in the charity shield. Their ambition at the start of the season was to be in the charity shield next year. Yeah, because it proves you've you've, you've got something to show for what you've done. Yeah. You know, and and you know it it, it, it the, the league cup doesn't get you in the charity shield, but the league did. And I think the fact that Liverpool managed to to win all three trophies, and including the game, you know, a little bit of a trip to. The uh, to Rome again in '84 for the for the final of the European Cup, but the League Cup. This is kind of what I don't think I don't know. I think this is what kind of spurs you on, isn't it? Once again, lifting a trophy and improving that you're the best team on the day and the best team on the day against local rivals. Now this time we did have to go to a replay again. Um, it was nil nil against Everton at Wembley. 100,000 Scousers went down. I'm sure there were people from other parts of the country, but they would have mostly been Scousers. And then the, fi- the final was replayed then a few days later at Main Road, and that was a 1-0 win for Liverpool. Was that not the first old Merseyside Cup final? No, I think it was. Cup, but a League Cup final, and I tell you, they didn't half represent the city well. Both yeah. fans, both sets of fans. I know it's a draw, and they might say, well, it's easy, because nobody lost, but they didn't half... They, what they did at that game, the way they perfect, they they uh, they chanted for their team, the way that they behaved, they were credit to the city of Liverpool. It was so unusual to see that as well, and I think, I mean, this is a time when football had a bad name, didn't it? For you know, for stuff that went on off the field, and this was a this was evidence of how how the real fans are in my view I always feel this is the real fans that you Merseyside Derby was always a friendly derby anyway relatively speaking you know people people who were mates all week weren't just going to suddenly get really really angry with each other and hate each other on a weekend plenty of laughs about it plenty of banter as the modern word is but you know there was much sort of respect for each other as well and they weren't a bad side at the time either so you know this 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 final was was well contested it was a you know, it was a close game, as the scoreline says. Over two games, it was decided by one goal. Aye. Graham Tunis in the replay at Main Road. That's right. Yeah. And that was 21 yeah, minutes gone as well. So that, that instead of Liverpool sort of scoring late and, and breaking that the half, half. 21 minutes of the first half, it says here. Oh, first half? Yeah. Was it, it might have felt like the second half, though, because you'd only played the other game a few days earlier. Well, I, I think that's... That would be the only time he's ever scored a goal for that distance with his left foot. Graham. Is that right? I, I think I hope people watching this can try and dig out the clips of these goals as well on YouTube because you know they, it, it's all well and good us talking about them, but the best way to see these goals is with your own eyes, isn't it? 
But you can't explain a goal. No. Can you? You can't explain it. You've better seen it. And if, yeah. we, if you do start to try and explain it, you'll embarrass yourself. Or you'll embarrass somebody. Yeah, <laughs> especially especially some of these goals. Um, I've just noticed as well the, the substitute that day was Michael Robinson. Um, he was sub for both games. He only he only came on for the the Wembley game, the first game. He came on for Craig Johnston, uh, another player that sadly is no longer with us. But yeah, you know, didn't quite work out for him at Anfield. But he he was still part of a squad, and I would say, I'm sure that you know, certainly from a Melwood point of view, he plays a part in in what what goes on in training, you know, he's helping you get the best out of each other and, oh. you know, testing the defenders and all the rest of it. But there he's in the final. He's got a winner's medal in the final. Exactly. So, he must have made some form of contribution. Yes. Um, I don't accept that people come in and, oh, right, they've got different attributes to what somebody else has got. And because he's not as good as somebody else, people say he's a failure. It wasn't a failure when he got three goals at West Ham, was it? No. No. I mean, and that's not the only one, but it's the only one I can get off the top of my head. Yeah, and so, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, how can you be a failure it. with that team that you're up against as well? I mean, because they're not as good as somebody else, isn't it? See, a failure. And the the bar that they were, the bar that he's up against was the likes of you and, and Ian Rush and so on. So, you know, I know you won't admit too much about it, but that's a decent, you know, that's some decent quality up against him there. And there was decent quality up against Liverpool, though, of course, because. Neville Southall was in goal for Everton and he was yeah. probably their best player at the time. There's no bad sign. Reedy would be playing as well. Yes, he was in. Uh, Kevin Sheedy. Yeah, yep, he, he played the first game. I don't think he played the second. He went off after 75, so maybe he got his... Sharpie. Goal. Sharpie's in there, yeah. All right. Gary yeah. Stevens, John Bailey, Kevin Ratcliffe. Uh, took him infield. Yep, he was there for the first one. Yeah. And the second one, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Kevin Ratcliffe. And he's there, yeah, the captain. Captain of Everton. Yeah. And um, on the bench for the I don't did he come on? On the bench for the replay. Andy King. Who? Andy King. Andy King. Uh, yeah. Adrian Heath was, was in the Everton side by then, and I think, yeah. Inchy, didn't they call him? Wasn't very tall. Right. No, and they how, were a good side. And by the way, the, the city during the 80s, they, I don't think they went one of the years without having a trophy, one team or the other. I think that's right, yeah, because Liverpool won most of them, didn't they, of course? But there was, on yeah. the odd occasion, we, we couldn't quite manage it. I think they stepped yeah. in. And, and that was the case, like, as you say, right the way through the 80s. And it, when, when, when one team won, the other one wasn't far behind. Oh. You know, and I think Liverpool had become, as a city, had become the capital of football. Certainly, Man City were not really getting anywhere, and Manchester United was still a few years away from coming back. Howard Kendall was Everton's manager at the time as well, who was probably the the most successful manager in in, in history. Yeah, he's certainly the one. Yeah. They, they sort of never went back to anything as good as as good as him. But that that was sort of those four years in a row, <clears throat> and finally Liverpool made it their own. But of course, nineteen eighty four, you win three trophies, and then the next year. There weren't any. And that was the League Cup for us for a while because Liverpool didn't win it again then for about another 10 years, I think. And, you know, this, this you know, lots lots of stuff happened though in between and, you know, the stuff, a lot of sad stuff happened as well, you know. 10 years in between. Yeah. Everton and Bolton. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 94, 95, Liverpool beat Bolton 2-1. And um, that was when I think Steve McManaman really made his name. Yeah, double. Yeah, that was the final. He, he, he was the man of the march and he just, um, he almost, you know, he almost played the game all by himself. You know, he almost won it by himself. I mean, that's unfair because that, you know, if it wasn't for what all the other players on the pitch were doing, to free things up for him, you, you know, he wouldn't have been as good, would he? Because it is still a team oh. game. But there's, there are those times when you just see one player who almost does it by himself. But he, I mean, you refer back to when we never got to the final for ten years, right? Yeah. Between Everton and Bolton, and I mean, we were still there. First division, still there or thereabouts. But when you look at Bolton's demise, yes, to, to get to that, I mean, it puts things into perspective, doesn't it? A bit. The it does, it does. Yeah. The difference as a football club is, it's a shame really, but they seem to be a bit more solid now. On and off it. it is, it is a shame how sort of football, I don't know, there's too many non-football people in football at times, I think, who don't really understand the game. And if you if you don't understand the game, you shouldn't be running a club really, should you? And if Or if you don't understand the game, you should get someone in who does to try and explain oh. it to you. You know, there's, I think. There's a difference between owning a club and knowing how to run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been plenty of football people who haven't run clothes very well, I'm sure, as well. That's not Some name of them get a football person again and buy a football club. Well, you might be able to do now, but <laughs> yeah, if everybody sticks to their own uh, expertise, you've got a better chance. Well, I think that's what Liverpool are doing at the moment, and probably what Liverpool did back in the day because. I think Liverpool now look for the best person for any role in the club, whether it's, you know, off the field stuff, whether it's sort of marketing or business stuff and all the, all the other work that goes into making Liverpool successfully successful on and off the field. They look for the best people to do it. And I think that was the case back in the day, although football was maybe less complicated back in the day. But, you know, people like Peter Roberts, Robinson were instrumental in the club doing so well. Yeah, but it was instrumental in the club. as everybody that had a job at the club. Yeah. Good at their job. And that's that's what Jürgen's done so far. He's been he's absolutely fantastic and appreciative and respectful of everybody. And whatever whatever facility, whatever job they hold at Liverpool, and he respects every single one of them. And it's, it's a great thing to have. And when you get a bit of knowledge about the football as well, it's amazing how it reflects on the football pitch and how it resonates with millions of people. And that's, I think that's a huge part of what, what the success that we've had since Jurgen came. And I just hope it continues. I know his way of life will continue and his respect for people will continue, but I hope he continues as well. Well, yeah, I think we all do, don't we? And we think, and we hope that someone somewhere is working out what to do when, when the time comes for him to move on so that, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a decent transition because that's always what Liverpool did. They always transition from, from Shanks to Bob to Joe to yourself. And although you did well for us and really well for us as a manager in your first stint, the, the League Cup wasn't the top of your priorities. You were busy winning League and Cup, League and FA Cup doubles and things. But by the time we, we brought you, you came back as manager, I think, I think that showed how much FSG understood Liverpool at the time that Liverpool were in crisis. Roy Hodgson, without being critical of him, wasn't getting it right. He wasn't being loved by the fans. And I've never, in my whole time as a Liverpool fan, never felt so distant from the club and so sort of unwanted, if you like, by the club, as I did then as a supporter. But then FSG played a masterstroke and brought you back off your holidays early. And you came back in as manager. And in no time at all, 
you'd, you'd won us a trophy, the League Cup. And I mean, no. I make it sound simple, but it, what it can't have been. No, obviously, it was a real surprise for me to be asked back as well. Roy's a, I've known Roy a long time and he's a, he's a very good guy. And he's also very well respected in the footballing world. But um, but just as you say, that for whatever reasons, it never worked out for Roy. And they, they, they wanted to, they want asked if I would come back and, and help out a little bit. How did you feel genuinely when you got the call? Did you feel worried that it might be a massive undertaking after you'd been away from the game for a bit? Or was it sort of a no-brainer? You had to do it? The same, the same way as I felt when they asked me to take it the first time. If they think I'm good enough, I'll never go. That's if I'm not good enough, they'll soon find out. So uh, <laughs> for me, come back it and... I don't know even, I don't even know where we were and uh, on the boat that we came back and go on the plane, came back, the team and everything had been picked. It was a Saturday, we were playing Man U on a Sunday in the yes. cup. And uh, somebody said, what are you watching the game for? I said, what do you mean? I said, I'm, if, if I'm in here with yourself, I'm, I'm beside you, I'm standing beside you, I'm not going to walk away and go up the stand and pretend, oh, I never did anything to approach this or mm. affect this game. Right? I'm coming to stand beside you. And if we don't all stand together, we're going to be struggling. I think that's 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 brilliant. And I think I think the sight of you there just gave Liverpool fans a lift. You know, I mean... It gave me a lift as well, by the way. <laughs> we're never quiet. Liverpool fans are never quiet, even especially at Old Trafford. No. We usually seem to be the loudest fans there for some reason. Um <laughs> But I think that day there was even more noise. And I think I always remember that you had the long coat on as well, which was almost one of your trademarks from your first stint, to have the long... It wasn't long. It was, it was only, didn't it? Just covered your bum. It wasn't long. That was... Yeah. It was warm. It was yeah. murder, when, murder when you go to Wembley in the summer, by the way, you had to wear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got to wear what you're told to wear. I think... Oh, wear superstition. Yeah. It's not touch wood. Well, the fact you're out for it, you wear it, don't you? Yes, yes, yes. Of course, that's right. Yes, superstition. I mean, there's so many superstitions. I mean, looking at the looking at the team we ha- we had that day against uh, Cardiff, it was in in that league yeah. cup final. Um, Pepe Rayner in goal was full of mad superstition. Something about he had to fill his petrol tank right up before any game, even if it was already full. He'd be at the petrol station <laughs> clicking away, so he knew it was full. Otherwise, he, he couldn't play the game. There must be uh, there must be so many of those superstitions amongst the players. Well, yeah, but sometimes it's a it's I don't know if it's a superstition or a preparation. Yeah. Yeah. You still have a few yourself, but as I yeah. say, putting your mind in the right place, isn't it? Because if you know yeah. that 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 led to something good last time, it helps your mind to do that again. That that game against Cardiff was. Um, Another one that I think would have gone to a replay, maybe, but but we'd be but by then we hadn't got replays in the cup finals, and it went to penalties. Aye. But of course, before we got to that stage, there were um, there were Cardiff went in front, and it was sort of yeah, they were winning you know, against, against the script in a lot of ways. And then we get back to be winning two one, and they they got a corner very very late on, a bit of a scramble, and he scored off it. So then on the penalties. 
Uh, I mean, look, and that's uh, um, yeah. I mean, penalties as well. That's uh, that it, it's mad to look at this now that a certain Steven Gerrard didn't score his in know, the shootout. I know Charlie Adams never. I'm still waiting for Charlie Adams' uh, shot to land. Actually, <laughs> but uh, as I say, they're all in it together. And at the end of the day, we got we got uh, we scored more pens than what they did. Exactly. I mean, if you think, and against Birmingham, uh, you're looking at your, you're looking at your iPad now, your computer. You know who, who scored the winner, the winning penalty against Birmingham? Oh, I don't know. I haven't got it in front of me. There you are. <laughs> who scored that? Was it Robbie Fowler? Was it that? Was it Fowler Cara. at that time? And who picked up the trophy that day? The wee What's boy, Carlos boy. It was all up. right. Getting the trophy. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It was, um, yeah, it was, whose idea was that? I, I don't know. I wasn't bothered with any idea. I knew <laughs> it was just, we were going up to get a trophy, that would do me fine. And the people that came to support us had this tale to tell their sons and grandsons. Oh, yeah, I remember it. I was there myself. It was... Um... And there is always a story as well. I think that's the thing about going to Wembley. There's always a story. There's so many stories about the coach broke down or, you know, you had, you had, you got lost or something like that, or you realized you hadn't, couldn't find your tickets or something stupid. Everyone has a story. I mean, I don't, my story was more about the FA Cup final that year because I can remember I got a ticket very, very late on and got down there very late. And I just got in and I looked out the window and I saw Alan Hansen running up the steps because he must have gone to the wrong entrance. (laughs) And he was looking very flustered with his daughter, I think, trying to get in. Because he wasn't, um, the BBC weren't covering it, that game at the time. So he would have been there as a as a fan rather than as a, as working. All right. But that, but that was the, um, that was the FA Cup final. But the League Cup final, yeah. It, it, was, it was a great feeling that Liverpool felt like we were back. And I think one of the reasons we started to feel like we were coming back, as well as having you as manager, was that, that player that you'd unearthed for us, a certain Luis Suarez, who uh, was involved that day. I mean, he didn't score that day, but... He's never far away from the action, is he? No, and, and the great thing about him is when he signed, he turned up with his wife and his baby daughter in his arms to sign when he came over for Ajax. Just before, yes. I think it was just before the, the deadline shot. And I thought, that'll do me. If that's the kind of guy we're getting, yeah. then fine, that'll do me. He might have a bad game, but he won't have a bad preparation. No, he, he he won't have a bad game through through lack, lack of being bothered, will he? he, oh, he no. And he he just lives for football, like so many of us do, did. I mean, you must have right. been the same yourself when you started out. It was the thing you wanted to do. It wasn't, you know, and, and I don't think, I don't know. I mean, footballers these days got a lot of criticism, but when they're on that pitch, they're still they're like kids, aren't they still? They're still playing the game the way they did when they were kids. It's still living the dream and, and working hard and trying to get that win. But, you know, it's I not... It's still the same as what it's always been. There's some people appreciate it on the pitch more than others. Yeah. Some take it. It's always the same. There's, not, there's never going to be uniformity, is there? There's always going to be people with different ideals. On yeah. The pitch, even if you're playing, it's... Some of you take it for granted. Some of them take it like this is a dream come true for me and... So it's there's all different people going there for different reasons. It's the same it's the same thing about trying to get people like what what inspires you? Is it getting a winner's medal at the end of it? Is it getting your paycheck at the end of the month? 
what, what inspires you? You just find out, you try to find what, what kicks them forward. Yeah. And then you've got a chance of getting success then. I'm sure when you look back now as well, though, it's not the paychecks that you're thinking back to. It's the it's the goals that you scored. It's the medals that you won. It's the cups that you got your hands on. You know, but I mean, we, I know, don't get me wrong, money's important. Get as much of it as you can if you're a player uh, while you can, because you don't know how long you, you see your career's going to be. But the thing that you look back on now, surely, is all that silverware and all yeah. those glorious days. Well, I'd rather look back at the memories fondly. Yeah. yeah. Be disappointed. And have an excuse that we've been fortunate in the career I had that at Celtic and at Liverpool, two two the arguably the greatest managers in British football in history, and also two of the most successful teams. That's it. It's 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 been it's been an amazing time that you've had, but that's not because you've not you know you've not got. I know, you, I know you, you'll say how fortunate you were to have had that time, but that's come through a lot of hard work. And that, as we've just been saying now about, about, about Jurgen Klopp, a lot of hard work from Jurgen, a lot of preparation, getting the right plays, the right plays who fit, much like you would have done yourself when you were manager, Look, much like you would have seen coming in when you were a player, that the player's got to be right. You just said Luis Suarez felt right for the club, and he certainly was. Jurgen's done that now, and, and the current lot who are doing the recruitment are finding the right players for the club. Do you think... Um, Maybe we've just been talking about all this silverware from from times past, but do you think this time we've got the team that can win the League Cup again? It's been a couple of years again since we won it. In fact, we've not won it since you won it for us. I think we're certainly, certainly good enough to, to beat anybody uh, on the day, but I think the Premiership is, is of such a high quality that if the draw goes the right way, there's a great chance it's going to be a an old Premiership final in the Champions League. Yeah. So it's not easy to win games against your Man City's or any of the teams really. And Chelsea, Chelsea have really responded to Tuchel really well. So it's going to be a fantastic spectacle. But I mean, when when people talk about underestimating a trophy and belittling it, but no getting there, look what the sponsors have got in the final. Yes. Chelsea, Liverpool. A fantastic two clubs that are fantastically well supported and successful. Chelsea walking off the back of the World Cup Championship. So that'll be a good game. It'll be a hard game. Uh, the game at Stamford Bridge, 2 2, was a good game. So I look forward to it and keep my fingers crossed. I think this, um Klopp's already said he's going to give Callagher the the nodding goal because he he, he plays you know he's played a part in the run up to the final. Is that something yeah. you'd have been think you'd have thought you'd have done yourself in his position? Well, they've got to test the boy out sometimes, right? And by the way, he's been excellent. Definitely, he's been excellent. He's very confident with the ball at his feet without being overconfident. Uh, he's comfortable with it, which is important. It sounds a bit silly to say, but it's important for a goalkeeper to become competent and confident with the yep. ball at his feet. And he is that. So, and he's, by the way, he's really good at, at saving penalties. Yes, and it might and come to that. As one, and I said before, it, that the young boy, I said, he's, he's brilliant at saving penalties. And he saved mm-hmm. one. So, yeah. He's, uh, no, that's, people have their own ways of working. Um, I mean, we played the 
when we, you mentioned the, the FA Cup the same year as we won the League Cup, I think that year we were doing it with our choice goalie for the semi-final. Brad Jones played in goal. He did. Pepe had been sent off and uh, we were only left with Brad Jones in goal. And that, by the way, against Everton, it was excellent. I remember, it, yeah. Didn't have a lot to do, but the last minute he came to pick a cross out of the sky. It just broke the momentum. And that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes with, as a Liverpool player, as a keeper, you sat there doing nothing for eighty-seven minutes, but then you've got to, you've got to keep your focus, haven't you? Keep your concentration. Well, and, you know, I mean, he, he, Allison's brilliant. When you go through one against one again, when when he's in goal, you you must look up and think, "Well, yes. I can't get this past him here. Look at the size of him." Yes, and his agility as well, and his distribution is fantastic. Just pick it up. There you are. On you go. But I think... Uh, he can I'm score a, as well. Eh? <laughs> he can score oh, goals as well. Great in the air. <laughs> so, but that's... I mean, he's unorthodox, I think, as well. I think that's the other thing. When when players have come running at him, I mean, maybe with some keepers, you can have a guess about what they're going to do. But with him, you're not really sure. Is he going to come out? Is he going to... Is he is he going to come all the way out of the box? He'll do he'll do what he wants to do, what he thinks will work, and that that makes such a difference. Well, it makes you think when you go through. Yes, yeah, and that's of course what starts bringing doubts in players' minds, and certainly the the less confident ones will start second guessing. And before right. you know it, he's got the ball and he's got it at the end for a, an assist. Just briefly, the league cup is an important cup, and I think we've made that clear tonight when we've talked about all the times we've won it. But of course, I think. I think if you were asked which one trophy would you like to win this season, it might not be the first one you picked. So, but from Liverpool's point of view, they're still in. They're still in all the cups. So, is it going to be difficult to end the season winning all the games, or do you think it's going to be because there are, practically every game is going to be like a cup final? It's just going to be something that this play, these players are going to rise to. Well, the only difference between City and ourselves is we've got a cup final coming up. So it's only really one one more game as it stands, isn't it? They get yes. knocked out the League Cup a couple of rounds ago. So we've only the difference between when they get knocked out and when we... If they've gone for three, we've gone for four. So yeah. the difference in the games, they've played the League Cup, uh, isn't it much, is it? No. You, can, you, can, you can get along with that. Definitely. Uh, by the way, he's love to have the choice every year. So, listen, Man City... Are a great team, but so are we. So we need we get ourselves back. Somebody's done us a favour. Spurs have done us a favour, winning the game. Uh, it's up to us to try and do our side of the bargain, there and actually win as many games as we can. I'm sure there'll be twists and turns, won't there, on the way? Well, I hope I hope they sort of twist their side. Yes, <laughs> and I hope yeah. we get a turn. Definitely. <laughs> for us, it's. Uh, We've got one game with Chelsea, which isn't going to be an easy game either. No. You're, you're in pole position in the, the Champions League, 2-0 up. Depends who you get in the draw. And the FA Cup, well, we've got Norwich back again in the FA Cup. And I don't mean to say it, but I don't like it when you play them in the league and play them in the cup as close and close proximity like that. Yeah. Because usually you win one and lose one. Yes, I remember that. Um, yeah, I remember that. That's definitely happened in the past with Liverpool. We've lost a cup final and won a league game, and 
don't know, sometimes you want one game to win over the other, but yes. Yes. If if it was so if if they'd played the same way in the cup final, we'd have been all right, wouldn't we? No, if you keep them that had such good reflexes, they might have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And that's the thing, though, isn't it? So all, I mean, they, they, I'm just thinking about now. So all, all of these games, we, you know, the, you only rem- this saying that you only remember the winner and all the rest of it. But I know you don't because you've remembered every one of our opposition teams that we faced in all the all those league cups you've won. But what about your sort of favourite memories then? Just overall, looking back on the league cup, is there sort of key moments that really stand out for you about it? Would you say the first one was the best one, or you know, what stands out in the league cup? Yeah, they're just winning it. I mean, I know it's probably that, and I'm not being disrespectful to the league cup and the sponsors that have been involved in it, but I think it's probably the the lowest rated event that we played in. Um, but when you get there and you're winning the games and you get to the final, it's no, by the way, it's no low rated there. No. You're bang on, you're full at it, you want to get the result, you want to walk off with a trophy. There's no point in getting there if you're not going to adopt the proper professional attitude towards it. And yeah. I think you'll see that for both teams on Sunday. And I think that, that, that sort of applies. You think you look at the way Bob Paisley walks up those steps for that for that game, you know, went and got the cup and what that meant to him. That tells you how important that cup still is. Well, it was to him because it was his last season, wasn't it? Yep. Um, but the, the cup is important to everybody. Okay, they might make changes during the season. When you get there, all to play for. And by the way, if you win it, there will be... Yes, thanks very much. That was nice. There'll be a bit of celebration. Well, certainly, yeah. in our, certainly in our household anyway. <laughs> <laughs> any any predictions then for the final about um, how it's going to go? Do you think it's going to be close? Do you think it could go to pens? Listen, I'm, I'm hopeless. I'm hopeless. I mean, they're trying to predict things. I could never have been Mystic Meg in any way, shape or form. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I know that it's not going to be for the lack of trying and it's not going to be for lack of desire or anything else. But you're playing a, a very good side. And rather than me come out and make a prediction, I would just say that it will be going to have a great day. And it's, it's a great achievement that we're as close as we're to the four trophies I've seen. Yeah. We'll get ourselves over the line. And if you push yourself over the line for this one, then it'll stand us in good stead for the others coming. Then if you lose it, what happens? It makes you all the more determined not to repeat it. Yeah. Yep. So, the main thing from a fan's point of view is enjoy it, I would say. Savour it, enjoy it, because you never know when the next one's going to come along. It might be another 10 years, it might not. So just enjoy it while it's in front of you. That's the key thing. I think sometimes fans can forget that. And maybe as a fan myself, I got a little bit guilty of that because we kept winning all the time. And then we had that that long time without it. So now I enjoy it all the more when we do. Uh, well, I think there'll be a few of us enjoying it if it's a positive result. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Kenny, it's been a pleasure to speak to you tonight. I wonder if Eddie's got any predictions for Sunday. Well, a, he wants to jump I'm, in. I'm going for the enjoyment side as well, but I'm on a sleeper train back, so it could be a long night. <laughs> a few cans. 
<laughs> well, it's the only way to get back from Scotland because I can fly down in the morning from Edinburgh, no problem. But uh, normally you'd be able to schedule your flight back and it would be easy enough. But when you have to factor in extra time penalties and yep. 100,000 people at a football stadium, <laughs> it's a bit risky to book a flight back. So I've, uh, I've gone for the sleeper train, which leaves Houston at uh, 11.30 and I'll meander back into uh, to Edinburgh at about seven in the morning. So hopefully all being well, it'll be a long night and I won't even have to use the bed that they provide for me because we'll be celebrating. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting down there and being at a cup final again because uh, it's been, a, well, it's been a while since Madrid. It seems, it, it seems so long, I think maybe because of COVID, but it seems so long since they've been at a final. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, the thing is, though, whatever you do, you'll have a good time. You'll have you'll have an adventure. You'll remember it. And I think that's something that's come across with what Kenny's told us tonight. It's 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 a memory, isn't it? It's a way of making a memory that sticks and it just imprints itself in your, in your mind forever. And hopefully a good memory. Yeah, let's hope so. So uh, I've enjoyed that. I hope everyone else has, too. I've been giggling along uh, to some of the stories and some of Kenny's memories there. And uh, <laughs> I think Jim, Jim threw down some good questions there. And Kenny was as sharp as ever with the... Uh, <laughs> With the answers, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to listen to you speaking for the last hour. I really enjoyed it. And uh, as ever, please do give us your feedback. Uh, the best way is on the Discord community. Uh, all Liverpool fans are invited to join it. It's absolutely free to join. And you can chat to people like Jim, myself, all the other podcasters on Anfield Index. The address for that is anfieldindex.com forward slash discord, which is D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Alternatively, do tag any of us on Twitter. We're all on Twitter. You've got uh, Kenneth, at Kenneth Dalgleish or at Jim Boardman or at Eddie Gibbs. And just in closing, that important reminder once again, if you enjoy listening to these shows just as much as we enjoy recording them for you, then all we ask is that one thing. Please head on over to anfieldindex.com forward slash MDA and do whatever you can to help the Marina Dalglish appeal. It is massively appreciated by all of us here at mm-hmm. Anfield Index. And uh, we'll close out a huge thank you to a, on a fine debut to our host, Mr. Jim Boardman. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. And for, and for his wisdom and insight, thanks once again to Liverpool's legendary former player and manager, Sir Kenny Dalglish. Thank you, Edward. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll leave you in the capable hands of Kelly Cates to see us out. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. There is one more thing that you could do, but it doesn't really require any effort. If you use Amazon, if you go to smile.amazon.co.uk, there's an option to select a charity. If you select the Marina Dalglish appeal, then every time you make a purchase at Amazon, they will make a donation to the charity. All you have to do is use smile.amazon.co.uk as your website to buy things from Amazon. It should, in theory, be quite straightforward. Thanks very much again. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. 
It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. 